Congressman Dan Kildee of Michigan says if Mexico's president wanted to restrict GMO corn from the U.S., the time to do that was more than three years ago before he agreed to the terms of the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Trade Agreement, or the USMCA. I talked with a congressman to get insight into the trade dispute. I'm Sabrina Halverson. Here is this week's Agnet Weekly. We wanted to touch base today and talk a little bit about the issue with the GMO corn and Mexico and the problems with them not uh, staying in line with what is in the USMCA. Can you just give me a, a open us up with a little bit of a statement about that and why this is important? Yeah, I mean, it's really important, first of all, and of course, for our growers. Um, my job is to go to bat for the people that I work for. I represent lots of corn growers. Uh, and, and so my goal is to hold Mexico accountable for living up to the agreement, the USMCA, the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Trade Agreement, which requires biotech provisions to be adhered to based on internationally accepted scientific principles, not you know, using some other excuse to keep American products out. And so our concern, myself and both Democrats and Republicans on the Ways and Means Committee, has been that the Mexican government, and specifically the president of Mexico, has not been issuing permits allowing GMO corn to be imported into Mexico, except for use in animal feed, for example, which he, he decided in February. Our view is there's nothing in the USMCA that gives him the authority to ignore internationally accepted scientific standards, and that's what he's doing to protect corn growers and for cultural reasons. Look, we understand that. It's just not part of the agreement. And if, if the U.S. is going to live up to the USMCA, then Mexico and Canada have to as well. And this is an example where Mexico is not living up to the agreement. If Mexico is allowed to not live up to the agreement in this issue, would that open the door for them changing their mind on other issues? Well, that's the problem. And that's why it's so important that we raise these issues when they come to us. Uh, I've been very active in putting pressure on Mexico to implement the provisions of USMCA. Uh, I was in Mexico in February. I met with uh, the president of Mexico, President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, or as we call him, AMLO, uh, and and I pushed on this issue of corn. And I made that point, is that if if we decide that we're going to ignore one aspect of the agreement, What's to say that in a year, two years, or five years, there will be other aspects of the agreement that won't be followed? At that point in time, you know, trade between the U.S. and Mexico and Canada, for that matter, becomes much less certain. That's not good for the people, you know, who are involved in industry. It's certainly not good for agriculture, and it's definitely not good for my corn growers that I represent. You mentioned, you know, these are widely accepted scientific facts that they are saying, you know, that they're not allowing in. You know, how sound, how sound is the science? And, you know, is this something that's arbitrary or is this an actual proven again and that's what the U.S. follows and this is what other countries follow? Yeah, it's, these are internationally accepted standards. And so, you know, uh, this, the science is fairly clear on this when it comes to GMO corn. Uh, that it's safe and that it can be used, you know, as it is here in the United States. What the Mexican government is saying is that they want to follow a scientific standard, but they're really not using science as the argument 
that keeps us from being able to sell that corn into the Mexican market. It's really about their, you know, cultural aspects. Um, it's about protecting their own growers as well. And that's just not what the agreement was written to say. If, if though, however, uh, the president of Mexico three years ago decided that this was going to be an important uh, issue for him, he could have brought it up in the trade negotiations, and we would have offered you know, an alternative. We perhaps would have gotten something more from the Mexican government in the trade negotiations than we did in exchange for this. But when we already signed the deal, we shook hands, the governments of Mexico, Canada, and U.S. approved it. You can't change the rules. And ignoring the internationally accepted standards is a violation of the biotech provisions of USMCA. So what can be done now to enforce it? And um, I, you know, I know that uh, the U.S. is following the steps that it needs to, but realistically speaking, how do we get Mexico to follow what they promised to follow in the USMCA? Well, it's one of the benefits of USMCA, and, and I worked on this, and that is to have more predictable and reliable enforcement mechanisms. And so now we have given notice, in fact, early in June, um, the U.S. Trade Representative gave notice to Mexico that we are pursuing uh, consultations, which is you know, direct interaction with, Mexican, with the Mexican government that could last up to 60 days, and avoid the next step if we can come to some resolution. The next step would be a dispute panel being named, made up of people uh, not from U.S. or Mexico, from other parts of the region, to decide based on the language in the agreement and the facts that are presented to that panel, decide who's right. I don't think the Mexican government wants to go to a dispute panel because the USMCA language is very clear. The science is very clear. We don't think they have a leg to stand on. Maybe this consultation process will result in a resolution. You know, we're open to being reasonable here, but that doesn't mean I'm going to let the Mexican government decide that what we negotiated can't continue and that my corn growers are going to pay the price. That's just not acceptable to me. Has there been any word about why... Uh, the Mexican president has changed his mind, you know, like you said, three years ago, he had the opportunity to make a stand on GMO corn, but did not take it, um, and instead agreed to, you know, allow our corn into Mexico. Why did he change his mind? Well, I mean, I, my, I have my opinion on that, and I think it's that, it, you know, this, this issue of corn is a cultural issue in Mexico. I understand it. Um, but And that's why you know, we have to deal with that from time to time as well, where there are products that are sold into the United States that we have strong feelings about. But we accept the fact that as a part of, in this case, a three-country agreement, we're going to be able to buy one another's products. We're going to be able to sell our products into these other countries, even if it makes somebody uncomfortable. It has to be viewed in the context of the overall deal. So what the president told me when I was there in February is that he wanted to base it on a scientific standard, but nobody I spoke to there really thinks that's the true justification, that it's really more of a political, cultural issue. And, and that's why we can't let that get in the way of living up to the agreement.
Are there similarities between the Mexico GMO corn issue and the Canada dairy trade quota issue? Yeah, there, there are similarities in that countries do have a tendency, um, you know, to use technical interpretations of standards in order to protect their own producers. Um, in this case, I think in the case of corn, uh, the issue is fairly straightforward in that the science is unambiguous. The letter of the law in the agreement is quite clear. <clears throat> there are occasionally issues that come up where it's a more complicated question. And, you know, obviously we have had difficulties with Canada when it comes with Canada on issues of dairy. Um, but we use the same dispute resolution mechanism, no matter who it is, if it's one of those countries that we have this agreement with. And, and I'll just to go a little, a little bit beyond that, it's one of the reasons that I think the USMCA is a better framework for global trade agreements than some of the past agreements that we've had. Even though it's imperfect, it's far better that we have these panels that can be appointed. It used to be under NAFTA that any country involved could simply veto a panel being appointed. That's no longer the case, and that's why we're putting so much hope that, that we can establish as a pattern that we're going to have these panels, they're going to meet, they're going to make a decision, we're going to live by those decisions. Yeah, and that was going to be my last question to you was, uh, you know, with these disputes coming up, um, or, you know, with these issues coming up, and um, do you feel that USMCA is still a good trade agreement, and, and as you just said, better than... NAFTA was? It sure is. I mean, I, I've already seen, not, not just when it comes to products like corn, uh, but labor standards. There have been dramatic improvements already in Mexico um, with labor standards being improved, with true labor unions being allowed to represent workers. That actually helps the American economy because it, uh, it no longer allows Mexican workers to compete with substandard wages against American workers. It also empowers the Mexican worker to buy products that we can sell into that market. So it is a big improvement. Um, it's not perfect, and it doesn't mean that countries won't try to get around the provisions like we're seeing with Mexico. But it does mean that when they do that, we have a way to have our day in court. And that's really the biggest difference between NAFTA, which didn't have that, uh, certainty in USMCA that does. Yeah. And we'll keep all hoping for someday to have a perfect trade agreement, but that's a big wish, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a long time coming. This is better than what we had, and we can continue to improve on it, but hopefully this is a step in the right direction. Great. Well, I want to thank you for your time and for, you know, always being available for these conversations. I appreciate it. All right. Happy to do it. Thank you. Thank you again to Congressman Dan Kildee of Michigan. This is the Ag Weekly. I'm Sabrina Halverson. Thanks for tuning in.